on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Jess talked about how to get video on other people's sites. Greg helped us say goodbye to the average position metric. And Jess talked about whether or not you should see the fresh new flick, The Mummy. And Greg invented a new animal. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. It is officially Marketing O'Clock here on March 1st, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. Follow along with us in our show notes. To do that, just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right. First up this week is big news from Google. Introducing three new features for responsive display ads. A lot of times we say this is big news. <laughs> it's not the biggest, <laughs> but this is huge news. Yeah. I'm really excited for this. What's in store, Jess? So big news. We do say that a lot. We should stop saying that. But this really is. So there are three new features, as they said, and all three of them are actually really exciting. So I'm calling this a triple header. I think, is that right? Something like that. Whatever they say in sports. Is that what they say? It's definitely not a triple header. <laughs> Double header. So did you think two of them are good? Or do you think, I mean, maybe there's a triple header, but it's like super rare. You have to start early in the morning for a triple header. I think you mean a hat trick. A hat trick. Actually, yes. That's good. That's hockey. I know yes. hockey. Take your hats. Whip them on the ice. I don't know where the octopus comes into play or the squid Ugh, or whatever it is. I don't That's like That's like maybe like four or five. I don't know. I eight? Don't know. That's not nice. They should eight be goals? squid. It should be eight goals. You score eight goals, you get an octopus. But it's a squid, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know either. The old eight goal octopus. Well, there's only three legs on this octopus here. And to your question, I think two of the three of them are amazing and the third one's nice to have. So we'll save that crappy one for last. First thing, Everybody be listening. Video is coming to RDAs, RDAs being responsive display ads. So let that soak in for a minute. Video is coming. You can now add up to five videos to your ads and you can test them alongside images. So you can have image and video assets in the same ad. And just so you know and understand what this means, you can now put your videos onto other people's sites that haven't before allowed video. Yes. Boom. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> There's an emoji for that, that's right? A Where mic your brain drop. Yeah, that's the, the, the Google mic drop. It's pretty awesome. And again, I really like the fact that you can test it right alongside images. You don't even have to create a separate ad. So the even cooler thing, which is their second update, is that you will actually be able to see how this works for you because they have a combinations report coming. I disagree. That's not cooler. Being able well. to put videos on other people's <laughs> sites is super cool. You're right. This is icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. I the like that. A little cherry on top. This is extra. It makes it extra cool. It makes the first thing extra cool. So this combinations report, uh, that's what they're calling it. It shows you top performing asset combinations being generated in your responsive display ads. So you will see separate sections for combinations based on images, text, dynamic feeds, and videos. And they didn't really give us a lot of info as to how that's calculated, but it's better than nothing. And before you could see basic information like this was good, this is best performance, this mm -hmm. is still learning, things like that. But this is the combination that we've been looking for, that we've been hoping for. It's, it's finally here. It's finally here. And you actually can see the um, they'll like generate the ad for you in the report. There's a screenshot in the article. So look at that. That is really cool. 
Uh, third thing, I guess you would call this the uh, <laughs> the after dinner mint on the side of the dessert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, one that doesn't even taste that great. Oh well, I mean, it, at least it's food, right? Food's better than no food. So, <laughs> what do you what do you think of those those pastel mints that melt in your mouth? Do you like? Are you one I of those people like those? those so much? Okay. Yeah, those are better than this thing I'm about to say. All right. Well, well, this is one of those because I feel like you either love those or hate those, and same with this. These scorecards that you're about to talk about. Scorecards. So if, I, if you're familiar with Google, you know that they like scorecards. This one is for your ad strength, but it's not necessarily from a performance basis. It's essentially like a sanity checker, best practices for your ads when you're putting them together. It'll tell you if you have enough assets and it'll suggest changes for things like, oh, your headline's too short. Make it longer. Things it thinks will help improve your ad. So it's probably the least exciting, but I mean, if you ever need another set of eyes, if you're rushing through setup, it's still nice to have better than not having it, I guess. All right. So those three in the trifecta are video coming to responsive display ads, Mm -hmm. combination reporting. And then lastly, the mint is the scorecards. (laughs) So (laughs) huge update. Look for that soon. I'm super excited. Video coming to responsive display ads. Super huge. Huge. The last, the only, and actually, the only time this has ever happened before with Google is without stream ads officially. So yep. again, this is very, very exciting. You can put your video on other people's sites. Up to five of them. Up to five. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The uh, Cinco header there. All right. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> Next up from Ginny Marvin over at Search Engine Land, Google adds to sunset average position reporting metric later this year. And in case you didn't hear what I said, (laughs) there's no more average position reporting coming soon, which is fine by me. You know, you might hear this like, oh, I really use this as like a metric. It was okay when you had the right rail ads and Mm -hmm. you could be like, oh, yeah, 4.3 and things like that made sense. When you're really just you're above the fold or you're showing with organic or you're not, you don't really need it that much. And Google announced earlier this year four new metrics that will be in place of average position and honestly, in my opinion, are better than average position. Agree with you. So first up is the impression absolute top percentage. And this is like position one. So if you are the absolute top, what percentage were you absolute top on? So to clarify, absolute top means you are at the absolute top. That's what that means. Yes. Again, I didn't help name these terms, so don't come at me, bro, (laughs) if you don't like these terms. I think it's aptly named. I have no issue. I'm just clarifying. Okay. Well, they'll get into the next one, which is shockingly different, called impression top percentage, which is the percentage of your ad impressions that are shown anywhere above the organic search results. So again, I think we whined about this when it came out. But again, this is if you beat the organic listings is impression top percentage. And absolute top is where you are the first position. All right. The next metric that we will have is search absolute top is, and this is the impressions you've received in the absolute top location above the organic results divided by the estimated number of impressions you are eligible to receive. So again, this is kind of like a ratio of how many clicks you got versus how many you're eligible to receive. And guess what? Aptly named, search top is, is the number of impressions above organic uh, results versus how many you 
uh, were eligible to receive. So those are that's the main reason. The other thing is that Google's moving towards click share. Um, we talked about this back on episode 57, number 57. Call back to this coming soon, I coming was shortly. Say, I can't wait to talk about that. And basically, ClickShare is a percentage that Google is reporting now. Uh, it's an indication of how many clicks your ads received versus the total number of times Google estimated your ads could have been clicked. So again, that's ClickShare they're going towards. All these metrics that mean a lot more than a 2.1 or a 1.3 and, and, and these kind of fuzzier metrics, we're getting percentage numbers about where we were. So I don't have any problems with this. Mm -mm. But again, if you're reporting on average position and that's a key metric, you better find yourself a new one. Yeah. And I, that's an important point too, is that a lot of people, you know, we understand some of this as marketers, but it might feel a little technical to clients. So definitely do your homework, read up on it, find, you know, a great way to explain that to them that this is actually a good thing that metrics coming out of reporting and we have more insightful, more actionable stuff uh, going forward. And really this, I mean, the writing's been on the wall for this, right? We should have all seen this coming when they released those other metrics earlier. So no surprises. All right. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. First up, Google call only ads getting expanded with more characters. And the headline doesn't really do it justice. This is a pretty big change. We're getting a lot more room to play with this. To get technical, the call only ads are going from one headline to two, and they're increasing the character limit on those to 30. It used to be 25. So that's great. And that's the biggest feature here yeah. is that instead of just having one line that you have to click on and then hit dial, you actually get an ad. Yeah. And that's why I hated call only ads before is because it was just like a, a basic, super truncated call link. And now it's actually turning into an ad. And, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. So if you weren't using these before, now is a great time to try. But if you were using them before, uh, this, the change is rolling out over the next couple of weeks. So you should definitely start playing with it. One other thing of note, too, they're moving the business name from the headline to the beginning of the description. Again, this gives you more room to play in that headline area where you can really tell people what's up. And like Greg said, it's just like an ad. So it usually takes a while for people to adopt new ad formats. So if you're one of the first, you might get a boost in click-through rate because your ad's going to look better than others. Um, just something to keep in mind too when they, if you remember way back when they added expanded text ads, Google was telling folks to fire them up and test them, but leave their old ads running just to have something, you know, have a balance while they're figuring this out. So it might be a good idea to do the same with your call only ads, but definitely don't ignore this. Play with it. Yeah. And if you had some massive failure with call only <laughs> ads before, doesn't mean you should steer clear of it this time around. Everything is worth a test, especially now that you can make it an ad, like you're a restaurant now, and you might say booking reservations now, and you have that phone number in the headline, could be a huge benefit. Huge. So the fact that it is now an ad, test it out, see if it works for you. All right, next up is introducing Showcase for premium video advertisers on Facebook. And Facebook took three previous ad options and converted into something called Showcase for <laughs> premium video advertisers. And they took in-stream reserve ads, which were allowing from people watching a video from a, a selection of, of highly curated uh, publishers and, and creators, and also combining in-stream reserve categories, where it was a little bit more segmented, along with sponsorships from, again, top-level video that is um, what Facebook has been gearing more towards. So they took these premium video 
units and put them in, again, that showcase for those premium advertisers. Yay, Facebook. And yay, Cura. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They're winning 2019 as far as innovation. They're just going at like cheetah pace. <laughs> cheetah pace. <laughs> cheetah pace. Do you know what the fastest animal on the planet is? If you tell me it's not a cheetah, I have to change my previous statement. <laughs> I don't know. I, oh. I thought it was like a bird. I thought it was like a peregrine falcon. Oh, well, that's. Well, you think a bird can fly faster than a cheetah I, can I, run? I, I don't know. Who could know these things? We should go to the Animal Olympics and find this out. You know what? I'm going to bang it after this show. <laughs> find out who's right or wrong. Fair enough. We're well, going to put some stakes on the line. Um, One advertising dollar on Cura. Oh, I like that. Okay. okay. Deal. Deal. So I raise my cheetah to your uh, falcon? Peregrine falcon. Peregrine falcon. I don't even know how to say the word. <laughs> Is it peregrine falcon? Uh, something like that. Pedigree is like a brand of dog, dog food. I got I got in late last late this morning. I'm running on fumes. It's okay. I'm no peregrine falcon. <laughs> peregrine, whatever you call it, evergreen, something oh, green. An evergreen falcon just flying through the trees at Christmas time. Yeah, whatever the falcon it. name you said, it sounded way smarter than what I said. <laughs> I don't know if I'm right either, though. To be fair, but uh, enough about animals. Let's talk about Cura and what they're doing. They are introducing bulk ad creation and bulk editing. So this is amazing for people that like to do a lot of things at once, which I think is most of us. We don't have time to create one ad at a time, although sometimes we're forced to. Um, just something to note here, if you're used to the separate tools like AdWords editor and Bing ads editor, it's not like that. It's more like Facebook's bulk changes where you can download everything into a template um, spreadsheet and then upload it back to the online interface. But it's better than nothing. I will take that. Me too. These guys over at Cura are making bulk improvements, man. <laughs> bulk improvements at Predigree Falcon face. <laughs> yeah, whatever you said. Whatever you said. Perfect. All right, next up is announcing domain-wide data in Search Console. And we talked about this earlier this year, but Google is getting away from having to verify your HTTP versus HTTPS and www versus non-www. And now you can have domain-wide access in Search Console. The best way to do this and the way that Google is pushing everything is to have DNS verification set up. So if you do, Search Console will automatically create new domain properties for you in the next coming weeks. So, and, and they also state that DNS verification is the recommended um, way to set up your Search Console moving forward. Was that always the case? It wasn't, right? Um, I don't, I don't know they if they've one. actually ever set a preferred method. Yeah. But with that, they can see that you actually own the domain and give you all that access, not just that you had access to one GA view or something like that, mm -hmm. or you were able to put code in one spot and not the other. If you own that domain, you have control of all those subdomains, everything else, like you own the domain, so it does make sense, at least to me. Yeah. But again, I said Falcon wrong, so <laughs> don't take advice from me, man. No, you didn't say Falcon wrong, first of all. But no, I think this is good. And they wrote in their announcement that domain properties were built based on your feedback. Thank you again for everything you've sent our way over the years. A, that's really sweet. B, how many years have people been asking for this? Like forever. C, I always put that feedback in and I just imagine it just evaporates up into space. So <laughs> right? it's great to see yeah. that feedback went somewhere and did yeah, something. Yeah, they're actually listening. And as Evelyn from The Mummy would say, or did say, patience is a virtue. So I'm glad we had some patience and we finally have something. It's nice. Oh, The Mummy. Is that like... The a, film. Okay, never seen it. 
You have not? No. Is that a true fact? Yeah, I've never seen The Mummy. Highly recommend. It's Brendan Fraser. Don't you love him? I love Brandon Fraser. Yeah. Brandon or Brandon? Pedigree? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pedigree Fraser. (laughs) There it is. Now, how many many buds do you give it out of 10 buds? Out of 10? Ooh, I would give number one and two. They're both great. You should watch them both in sequence. I would give them like an eight out of 10. Okay. Great fun. Watch it and give you a little report back. Please do. (laughs) Next up. Google Q&A, more than 90% of questions remain unanswered by business owners. And what they're talking about there in the headline is Google My Business questions. And this is just a total shake my head, SMH moment. I mean, business owners are busy people. I get that. But someone should be designated as the official responder to questions on Google My Business and and any social media. I don't know why you're shaking your head. Most 90% (laughs) of businesses are terrible. I think, <laughs> yeah. personally, you go in and you're just disappointed. So, like, that's true. This is apropos for the course. That's really sad. But you know what? This is our listeners are not from those businesses, and they do not represent those businesses. So, this is a little shot in the arm, guys. This stuff is easily accessible right from search. People are seeing the fact that you're not responding to other customers, so you're making that person angry and everybody else too. And when you don't respond, other people do. Excellent point. So get out in front of it. Right? Like somebody asks a question, you answer it. I don't want Bob, Bob (laughs) Smith answering it. He's a total jerk. Yeah. I'd rather answer it. Some of the, actually, some of the answers that I have seen come through for businesses that I manage, I it's amazing what people will say. Somebody responded, I forgot the question and I forgot the answer, but this guy's answer started with, yes, baby, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just not. (laughs) That's pretty good. I mean, it's great, but it's not helpful. And this this particular business then went and responded because there needed to be an official answer, like you said, to get out in front of that guy who's being weird on the internet. Yes, baby. Yes. Just do it. (laughs) And if you have problems with it, just download the app. The app is like, it's one of those like seatbelt warning buzzers that's so annoying. They're like, (laughs) hey, you got a new review. Hey, 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 hey. And if you have a problem responding to all these things, download the app, get that little buzzer and then just say, yes, baby. Yes. (laughs) I can't believe that. All right. Next up, nearly half of users have a bad reaction to not secure browser warning, a survey finds. So a survey from realbusiness.co.uk came out and looked at what people thought of a non-secure website. As you may know, a secure website has been a ranking signal or being secure since 2014. Lightweight ranking signal, as you'll be told to say. That's five years ago real time. So that's like 50 years ago internet time, guys. I think that's how it works. Get with the times. But the survey found that 47% of respondents knew roughly what the warning meant. (laughs) My thought, 4.7%. I'm just taking everything and knocking a digit off, one order of magnitude lower. An equivalent number, 46%, said that they would not enter their names or financial information into a site that was not secure. (laughs) Hold up. Two things. One, 47 and 46 are not equivalent. They are different by one. Secondly, and more important, <laughs> I didn't even notice that <laughs> you didn't. No. That's, that's, I am the you know this. I am the math guy on this show, <laughs> yes. and I'm here to point out obvious facts with numbers. But also, enter their names. Really, like you can get more info than that from a phone book, and they just throw those on people's lawns. So you're going to go do. on a website and not yeah. go. Oh, I better not tell them who I am. Not if it's not secure. No, no. way. Crazy. All right, and then also this is this is the best part. Sixty four percent of that group said. 
that they would leave the site instantly. <laughs> yeah, right. No These way. are all people that are like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go to a secure site. They probably have no actual idea what the H a secure site is. Because 64% <laughs> of those people are not being like, oh, nope, I'm out of here. No, th- no those are the same people that are, you know, getting fished, if you will. Yes. Entering information via email and having their bank accounts stolen. Yep. And so, but, but I think the main thing is there are probably some people out there, probably not 64% of 47 or whatever that math is, <laughs> math guy over there. <laughs> but if you don't have your browser or if you don't have your site secure, many browsers won't even show that input. So you will get that warning. Apparently a lot of people leave <laughs> and sometimes you won't even see it depending on your settings. So go secure. Just go secure. It's 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 simple. Okay. Yes, baby, yes. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Facebook is testing a new ads manager interface, and they're not really talking about it. They haven't said anything official. So what we do know, we know from folks um, with access to the test that have been sharing screenshots, and you can see them in the article. So do check the show notes. Biggest changes here is the color. There's a lot less blue, which I'm okay with. And uh, no more tabs. It's more of a drop-down style. So I don't know... No one ever really loves a huge interface revamp right away just because we're all creatures of habit. Cough, cough. Google ads. But Greg, did you look at this? What did what did you think? I thought it looked good. I mean, I, I don't like the new interface. So to me, I, lo- I, I welcome any change where I did like the old formerly AdWords interface. Mm-hmm. But in this case, things are slow. Things are clunky. It's just, it's, it's cumbersome, the yeah. current interface. So if it's going to be sped up, I'm all for it. Agree. Um, my main thing is though, I would just really prefer a desktop version where you can make all of your changes, then upload them all and submit them just like, is it still called Google AdWords editor? Yeah. Did they change it yet? No, they haven't. Okay. Just like Google AdWords editor is currently for Google ads, but that's what I really would, would care more about, to be honest with you. I think so. Maybe we should submit that feedback. Maybe they'll read it like Google does. And in 50 years we'll have it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'd be perfect. All right. Next up. Google to kill off property sets within Search Console. And Google, as you heard the news earlier, is going to be combining the domain-level data. So there's no need for property sets where you'd have to lump in all the different properties you own. They're all going to be combined into one, and you'll be able to see that information more. So this makes total sense. If you want the data, you can download it from the interface or from the API before it's turned off completely. So if it matters to you, go get your data now. Get it. Speaking of getting it, you want to get more money? LinkedIn can help. (laughs) They are now going to start showing users jobs where you could make more money. Put that in quotes, from jobs to money. Uh, Specifically for folks that are looking for jobs on LinkedIn Jobs, this is a new insight that provides information on positions that offer the potential for getting a raise. And this is based on data from LinkedIn Salary, which is a program that was launched, I think, uh, last year. Full details in the show notes if I'm wrong about that. But it gives um, users info on salaries and bonuses and other financial data based on things like location, industry, company size, things like that. So, I mean, really, if you're in recruiting or if you're an in-house brand manager, this matters to you just because if you're maybe not offering the best pay in the business, this is a good time to really play up your brand and position yourself as a great place to work and, and, you know, advertise some of those other benefits that you may offer if some of that salary info maybe isn't in your favor. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. But what I think would be even better, you're a big sports fan. Huge. (laughs) What do you think about SeatGeek? 
Is that a team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seattle SeatGeeks. Oh, that's cute. I'm a big fan. No, I don't know anything about SeatGeeks. Sea I forget what they call it, but it's like a pain score or even like a kayak for flights okay. where it's not based off of just the lowest price, but also some of the other attributes. So I think this is a good start. But like, what if it's a terrible job right? and you don't want it, you wouldn't like it and it would be just horrendous. Like, give me something where it meshes. Yeah, this is the cheapest seat, but it's also the worst view. Seat you gave again, this like pain or kayaks pain score or something they call it, where it's a blend of the two. Like, yeah, this is a highly rated employer. People give good scores and look, it's also higher pay. Like, give me that blended like that. score. That's what I want. So I like maybe I'll start my own uh, network, my own professional social network. Ooh, what are you going to call it? I don't know. LinkedIn? <laughs> Greg's version? That's a uh, great name. Yeah. You should maybe. Greg Den. There we go. Ooh, Greg Den. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Next up from the FTC, the title of the story is FTC brings first case challenging fake paid reviews on an independent retail website. Before I get into it. This is hard to read. They That's talked, a mouthful. They talked about themselves in the first person too. Like you're on the FTC. Like why'd you call it FTC brings? Like how about we bring? That's an excellent point. Yeah. I think they're hoping everyone's just going to share this wild everywhere. Okay. Well, Greg reports. <laughs> the <laughs> FTC alleges that the defendants in a paid website, AmazonVeriedReviews.com, has created and posted re Amazon reviews of the product for uh drug product where the company said, we need to have at least a five star, or they said exactly, please make my product stay a five star because there's only a 4.3 out of five. Um, so what happened is the uh, complaint uh, was specific to, again, the weight loss, appetite suppression, fat blocking, or disease treatment claims of any dietary supplement, food, or drug, which is a judgment of, has given, imposed, I guess is a better word, of $12.8 million against this fake review site. We've talked about it before. Don't mess with Amazon reviews. No. And guess what? Don't mess with the health of others. You know, don't That's tell nice. Yeah. Hey, Amazon, whatever, fake reviews. <laughs> that wasn't fake reviews. <laughs> Amazon verified reviews. Oh, verified. <laughs> yeah, because that sounds <laughs> So you credible. know it's legit. Like, hey, don't go out there and try to like kill people like I'm, I'm totally with this one yeah no i am too and i tried to do some investigative journalism of my own and i tried to go to that website amazonverifiedreviews.com it's gone and i'm kind of bummed because i was super curious <laughs> wow thanks <laughs> jess brockovich over there. <laughs> all right so it doesn't exist anymore it doesn't sure sad. there's plenty of other scammy review sites out there don't do it don't do it never a good idea no all right, next up, Google announced a new top-level domain on their blog this week, and it's .dev. So like the TLD suggests, it's dedicated to development and technology. If you're thinking about grabbing one, you definitely should because this is amazing, and uh, your site will need to be safe. That is the big thing with this. My <laughs> mental hard drive doesn't have room for more <laughs> top-level domains. I, I, I know you say it's a great thing. I don't want a .dev. No. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good with the .com. I'll take a .net, a .org, a .gov. I, I mean, I'm forced with the .apps and the, and the .page and the .websites and whatever. .website? Is that a <laughs> yeah, thing? I, I hope it, so. I mean, it probably is. <laughs> I don't need a .dev. 
Well, you say that, but Google said that they did this because a lot of people trying to get .coms have found that their desired .com was taken. You don't think they did it to make money? <laughs> I'm Strange. sure they did it to make money. Huh. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, and to help those 64% of people from leaving instantly because your new domain will be secure by default. It requires HTTPS to connect to all .dev sites. This protects people who visit your site against ad malware, tracking injection, my internet service providers, and from spying when <laughs> using open Wi-Fi networks. That's Google's statement. All right. I love spying. Okay, well, check us out on marketingclack.dev coming soon. Not really. We're not buying No, that. we're not. No, no. All right. Next up from the AMP team is what's new in AMP? Quarter 1, 2019. Improvements to consent, videos, forums, and lists. The biggest thing from here that is from a marketing perspective is that many video improvements were made. So you can now take that video and when you scroll down, it'll minimize to the corner of that viewport. You can also, there's also a custom um, built video player now. There's better list options. So you can have infinite scrolling if you'd like to. Uh, there's also input masking for those folks with credit cards. So you don't have that information sitting out there for somebody spying over your shoulder because you're not on a dot dev. And there's a whole bunch more. But those are the main ones I saw from the marketing side. So again, more changes coming to AMP while we haven't seen necessarily – it's been split. It's unfair to say that. It's, it's been split as to the effectiveness and it, it, the adoption of AMP. Yeah. But more coming, the more the merrier. So yeah. maybe it's time to test. Just keep ramp, amp, ramp, ramping it up. So far. I don't know, whatever. All right. And finally, a discovery yet again from Joy Hawkins. She says, huge news, not big news. She heard us earlier saying we're not going to say that anymore. Huge news, a new way to report spam on Google My Business. I love this. So what, I, I'm always jealous of the people that can say the word huge without the H, like New York folk. Like Huge. Huge. I hate huge. that. You, you hate that? Yeah, you like that. It's efficient. You, Is it? You, yeah, you lose You lose a letter. But huge. you don't lose it. It's still there. You're just not pronouncing it. So that's more inefficient. No? Is it there? I don't know. How do you spell per peregrine? <laughs> <Something. laughs> I'm sorry. That's not right. I'm not going to go put that in the urban dictionary. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, huge news, everybody. There's a new form. I just feel silly when I say that. There's a new form you can use, and there's a link to it in the article. So check the show notes if you need it uh, to report directly to Google My Business when someone is spamming a business, doesn't even have to be yours, on Maps or on GMB. So the important note here that they did say, specifically, this is not for reporting fake reviews. So watch out. But those requests can go to Google's social support, which Google said that you should submit via Twitter or Facebook, which is adorable. Yeah. I, when people submit them in the community is always the most cringy thing when you're looking yeah. at like, oh yeah, this is trouble. Yeah. Um, it's kind of right. fun to spy on that stuff. Okay. And now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from Apple Insider with the article called Apple's New Podcast Metadata Rules Banned Episode Numbers and Threaten Removal. So Apple is trying to crack down on putting numbers in titles. So the example that Apple Insider gave is show titles like The Very Hungry Tourist, Episode 01, and episodes like 01, Broken Heirloom. What's wrong with that? I don't know. That's why it's, this is WTH, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I just see, I see no issue with that. Go on. Yes, and more. so according 
to again Apple Insider and from what other people have gotten. You can we'll link over to a couple of tweets. Have a video of the entire uh, email that went out. But basically, Apple doesn't want podcasters to put numbers in their title. There's a lot of reasons it makes sense, especially when you're course- corresponding with like shows. You mm-hmm. can go. This is Game of Thrones episode one season five and you have oh five oh one or something like that that makes a ton of sense so i don't know why this isn't there again if you're calling back something like the episode we talked about earlier 57 i don't want to have to say google ads assistant go back and look for it no tell me roughly where it is because it's just saying a name gives you no context i like context so we are going to keep the episode numbers in here yeah Forget that. I mean, honestly, this like don't be rude, Apple. It just it, for some people maybe this doesn't matter if they have standalone, you know, podcast episodes that can just exist in the void. But anybody that has any kind of series or like for us, our news is timely, so you know that a more you know higher numbers, more recent episode, it just makes sense to have it. I don't. They didn't. They cited no examples that I saw that looked like abuse of this. It just makes no sense. Yeah, and I mean, you download these things and hop on an airplane or something like yeah. that, and then you don't know what numbers what. Just give me the numbers and be like, yeah, I, I listened to two last. I'm listening to three this time. Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, if you're normal. <laughs> <laughs> Apple is not normal then, I guess. All right. And that brings us to this week's cool tool. Cool tool. And the cool tool comes from Glenn Gabe's tweet. Friend of the show, Glenn Gabe tweeted out that if you need to check rankings in a specific country, then Google's John Mueller gave a link in a webmaster roundup meeting where they said you can use the local Google version and add the URL parameter at the end of your URL, which is, you know, google.com and put in the parameter GL equals your country code. So we could say something like GL and then you put in CA in all caps and you see what the results would look like in Google Canada. Um, you could also do that by instead of saying GL, you could put an HL and put in the language code and see what the results might look like in a different country or in a different language, which is super cool. That's super cool. Of course, Glenn being the super helpful person that he is in a different tweet also mentioned that you can still see this in the ad preview and diagnosis tool within Google Ads, but you do need a Google Ads account for that. So you can still see it there, and then you can do it this way, again, for free without any paid tools being leveraged. So this isn't necessarily a tool. It's more like a nifty trick. Nifty trick. (laughs) (laughs) But it is something really helpful for when you need to see what the results look like in a different location or in a different language. So check it out in our show notes and get testing to see what different country and different language results look like. Sweet. All right, and that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's article comes from Joshua Hardwick over on AROFs.com, and he's got the article called Anchor Text, a Data-Driven Guide, 384,614 web pages studied. Big That's a lot of pages. A lot I of could pages. barely say that. There's like a song. It, what is it? Rent has a song about that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> no, how, does, how does it sound? Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to sing for you. You're never going to get me to do it again. <laughs> All right. Well, Joshua's got the different types of anchor text, what the rankings look like, some of the results. 
got studies going on in there. And again, this is nearly 400,000 web pages studied and talks about why it matters. So it is a very meaty article on anchor text. And if you're an anchor text nerd, you're going to love this. Absolutely. And there's nothing like fresh content about old tactics. And I don't mean old in a bad way. I just mean this is something people have been doing for a while. And it's nice to have like a 2019 update to this. So thank you, Joshua. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from today's show on marketingclock.com, And please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, we're going to talk about surviving a trip to the Azores. The where? Uh, Azores. Where? It's like a. It's like the Hawaii of Portugal, basically. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. And I just went there with my kids, and I survived, I think. I see you, so I think you did. Okay. You're, you're here. So I had a couple thoughts. First off, I don't think they think very highly of Americans. <laughs> we go there to, to rent a car. And the first thing that the person at the rental car plays, very lovely lady, but she says, oh, we have a McDonald's as well for you. Oh, as well? Like she leads with that? Well, I mean, I think she had a car and a McDonald's. <laughs> but like, that's, that's probably, I, I was hoping to get away from some American stuff. Yeah. Uh, but no. Well, McDonald's. I mean, most a, a wise woman, not me, of course, once said that most Americans eat two cheeseburgers a day, and I feel like that news somehow got to this woman. Who said that? I definitely said it. I made oh. up a stat once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. The other thing is, I, I was, you know, renting a car, and it was manual. And she like said, "Do you know this is a manual car?" Because I guess <laughs> apparently most people don't know how to drive a, a, a standard transmission in America. I don't, oh. but I wouldn't choose a manual car. Right. Well, anyway, you know, so, they don't think a lot of us is what I first got Ouch. gathered when I got to the island. Second off, they're very efficient with their signs. And I really like that. <laughs> I'm, as you know, I'm a big fan of efficiency for the signs. And when you got into a village, you would see the name of the village. And when you left the village, it would just be. You're not at the village anymore <laughs> with the name crossed off in red. That's amazing. With a red marker. Do you not, not, not a red marker, but like a red, just kind of like a stripe right down there. So you don't like enter another village yet necessarily. You're just not in this village anymore. Right, but there's no fluff. They don't say leaving, you know, the name uh, of the town. Yeah. It's just the town name <laughs> and a big slash through it in red. That might be the best thing I've ever seen. I'm really glad that you captured that pretty in cool. a photo. Yeah. yeah, we'll put it up on, on Marketing Clock on, on the site. For sure. But I, I appreciated their efficiency and I got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> the third thing is they're much better drivers than we are. Driving through the city, and I know it's probably like that even more in Ireland and stuff like that. Yeah. But you have to make these right turns and these little teeny roads that were definitely not made for, they were definitely not thought of for car tra travel. The and roads you, were not? Yeah, no and way. And you you have buildings like <laughs> right up on the roads. 
and it's a, a 90 degree turn and you're looking to see what's coming with mirrors and like you have to see what's coming that way with a mirror and then you have to get out and you have to go around a car and there's people in the road much better drivers than the thing i was so amazed at is that there was like no damage to any of these buildings these old buildings no damage they're just better Nobody's drivers than we are cars yeah they know how to drive it's crazy and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought like New Yorkers. I was proud of being like a New Yorker. Oh, no. No, we got nothing. No, we got nothing on European folks that really know how to maneuver tight situations. Can I ask an ignorant American question? <clears throat> yes. What side of the road did you drive on? The right-hand side of the road. Oh, Normal to the U.S. side. That's kind of boring. I mean, it's probably good for you to adapt easily, but that's kind of boring, right? It was. <laughs> I probably can admit this now that I'm back. I didn't look up any of the rules of the road. Oh. And I just got there <laughs> it was like all right let's do this and there's not a lot of there's like no yellow lines how do you so you're just like staying on your side and hoping hoping and praying wow okay. yeah stay on the right side right. um but no, no i mean you can figure it out pretty pretty good it's, it the signs again are efficient and make sense i believe that but it, it's yeah it, it's wild. better drivers i i would have been so scared i'm proud of you <laughs> all right speaking of driving the fourth thing that i learned on this trip a lot of different ways. A lot of cows over there. A lot of cows. Love cows. Yes. What are they doing? Cows. Um, well, I had to stop my car because there was a cow in the road. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that still happened in real I life. I didn't either. <gasps> and there was no cow crossing sign, but a cow was oh. just in the road. And I was going like 40 kilometers, <laughs> which is like 200 miles an hour or something. <laughs> Good <laughs> math. <laughs> thanks. But there was a cow in the road. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think this is real. Oh, were they big cows? Like, are they just one? So they're like free range cows just everywhere? Oh, okay. Just chilling? So there's a, there's a, a wide variety of cows. So we're looking at these cows in the, in the mountains. I'm like, this is a cool life. Mountain and we cow. get up, we hike by. Some cows have a chain on their leg and walk in circles. Oh. But not the ones near the road, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of variation in cows oh. over in the Azores. That's amazing. What they need, if they're going to put a cow crossing sign, then they're going to have to put another sign with a cow with a red line through it. Like, don't worry about yeah, cows, cows anymore. Yeah, yeah. back there. We're fine. You're gone. <laughs> These ones are chained. <laughs> yes. I nominate you for president. All right. And lastly, I got a new rule. And we're just going to do po poke holes in this or whatever we call that. But luggage pickup. Mm. Why do people crowd around that little carousel thing like they're boxing somebody out? You're a big basketball fan. It's yeah. like they're trying to get it box you out so you can't go up there. Yeah, well, I know what boxing out means just in general, and certainly from basketball, of course. But yeah, I, th I think people think that someone's going to take their bag. Yeah, but dude, you have eyeballs. Like, you can see what's happening. Right, like, sir, don't take my bag, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> please. So I thought of a new rule where you have, in basketball, you have a, a five-second violation where if you're in the paint for five seconds, it's a foul. Mm. I want security guards on all baggage claims. And after 10 seconds, if you don't bounce back out of the paint... You know, like uh, like like some some underwater mammal that has to go up for a breath. You get tased. <laughs> tased. Tase I want these. I want them tased. These people that are just crowding, crowding the gate. You understand that that would probably not be a strong enough deterrent for some people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because probably. people are crazy probably. when they travel and they like their little yellow ribbon that they tied and they know that that's their bag. Like they're standing there waiting for that. Yes. No matter whether they get tased or not. But again, we forgot about how terrible travel is in that aspect because we don't typically check bags. But whenever you check bags, I just forget how horrific that, that baggage pickup is. It's not fun. My favorite thing is when you didn't check a bag and you get to walk by all those people at the yeah. airport and just get in your car and leave. That's great. <laughs> all right. But Azores, check it out. Lots of cows. <laughs> Love it. We'll Move. see you next week.